Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock on Monday and that means it's time for the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. I am Warren Thompson. Remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Uh, can, coming up on the show today, uh, we speak to Jeffrey Wapnick, the CEO of Octodeck, following the publication of the company's interim results to end February, uh, which showed uh, certainly rental income growing in line uh, with inflation, very good control of costs. So we will be getting a bit more flavor and color as to what uh, Jeffrey Wapnick sees in the market and uh, ultimately what sort of guidance he is providing with respect to uh, the rental growth in that portfolio that sits across largely urban areas in Schwani and Johannesburg. And then following that, we'll be talking to Dr. Armand Kirsten, the head of European relations for VEB, that's the Dutch Investors Association, following that lengthy and uh, at some, at, uh, some points uh, quite heated uh, Steinhoff AGM, which took place in Amsterdam on Friday afternoon and was streamed to uh, Cape Town, where obviously many of our institutional investors sit. I'll be getting his thoughts around the disclosure and what the company told us uh, following that interview with uh, Jeffrey Wapnick. And then for our uh, market commentary, I talked to Petri Redlinghaus, the founder of Herenia Capital, uh, just to get his thoughts on the market uh, and other developments um, that we've had uh, around Steinhoff and uh, certainly some of the uh, shares moving and falling on the JSE today. So that's coming up on the show. When we come back, uh, we'll be playing the interview I conducted with Jeffrey Wapnick, the CEO of Octodeck, uh, just a few minutes ago. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. Octodeck reported interim results to the end of February today that saw a 3.2% increase in like-for-like growth in rental income. Operating costs were uh, restricted to just a 2.2% increase uh, over the six-month period. Uh, the company now owns 309 properties uh, valued at just shy of 13 billion rand. Uh, I caught up with its CEO, Jeffrey Wapnick, and this is what he told us a few minutes ago. A little bit disappointed, but having said that, we're still very much on track to for a flat distribution for the entire 12 months uh, to 31st of uh, August. Um, of this year, which is, is in line with our uh, forecast um, that we presented um, at the beginning of the financial year. On a very much positive note, all those um, factors, I think, or most of the factors that have caused um, problems for us in the calendar year 2017, um, they seem to be slowly but surely unwinding. Um, the, the, the biggest uh, problem we experienced in, in for the calendar year 2017 was residential vacancies. I'm pleased to report that these are dramatically down. Uh, as to the reason why they are down, uh, not quite sure, but we think it must be have something to do with the fees must fall. Um, this year, right now, um, post 28th of February, um, our vacancies are, are probably as low as they've ever been, um, which is pleasing to note. As for the rest, um, you know, it's, it, it's uncomfortable that we will deliver on our forecast. Um, nothing um, in the foreseeable future should cause us problems.
So just getting into that uh, a little bit, uh, you provide uh, the geographical exposure to your rental income, Shwani CBD, uh, the biggest yeah. there with exposure of 33% of your rental income coming from there. Uh, you mentioned uh, that it was a tough time, uh, generally speaking, but there seem to be uh, challenge, particular challenges in Hatfield, as I understand it. Just explain what you think has happened there. I said to you, I, I, I don't know. On average, Hatfield... The vacancy factor was approximately, average vacancy factor for the calendar year 2017 was about 14, 15%. This right now, I can't give you a single flat in that field. Um, it's full. Um, so for the financial year uh, ended, I'm repeating myself, I know, but it's important to, to note that for the financial year ended uh, 31st August 2018, whilst the, the, the growth may be limited from Hatfield, um, the reason being it's because of the of the holding back or the drag from the first six months that we're currently reporting on. Your operating costs increased at uh, 2.2%, as I understand it, which uh, yes. uh, certainly below... Which I was happy about. Yes, uh, very good results. Just give us some, some explanation as to how you were able to keep that down. And obviously, given the fact that some of these valuations... Uh, in in some of the uh, urban areas, uh, Schwani and Johannesburg, that you operate in, uh, are ca- are coming through. Is there going to be a uh, faster than inflation adjusted increase uh, going forward with the effect of uh, some of those revaluations coming into play? Well, those revaluations, your guess is good as mine, uh, but I, I must tell you, in Johannesburg, I think we've done relatively well to contain those those increases. There's been a lot of a lot of reporting in, in the media about uh, increases. And I, I think it's fair to say that Johannesburg have, have been accommodating. They have listened to our story and we, we, they realized that they've made a mistake or they're unreasonable. They haven't adjusted accordingly. But that game is not yet over. You know, we still, we still have a number of, of properties that we need to find out. Okay, great. You said you've got uh, 97.5% of exposure to interest rate risk is hedged. I presume that's yes. in, in the situation where interest rates rise. Uh, how does your cost of funding uh, adjust if interest rates start moving down? Well, the cost of funding is fixed. Okay. I said that I won't be able to take advantage of the lower cost of funding um, today. But um, these will also unwind and uh, you know, we'll have to deal with it then, whether there's an increase or a decrease. Okay. Just give us a little bit of a flavor then uh, around some of the investments and developments that you've been making. You allude to a number of uh, uh, developments being, I think, uh, completed. Uh, in terms of this almost 13 billion rand uh, property portfolio, what have been the key changes uh, over the last six months? Um, well, the completion of Sharon's Place is the big one. It's one of the bigger projects that Octodex undertaken. It's approximately 6,000 square meters of retail space. Uh, which when was was full virtually from day one, uh, and the construction of 400 residential units. Um, it's been a tough a tough period for us in the sense that the building took much longer than anticipated to finish. But as and when the builder finishes these units, he hands them over to us. Now the the, the leasing the take up lease up rate at which we were able to do this, um, we never experienced such such incredible demand. By way of example, um, the first 90 units that were given to us in one shot, I think they, the team managed to lead them in, in about eight days. I mean, I've never done that before. I'm really happy to see. And as this, this trend seems to be continuing, as we complete units, they're handed over and we seem to deal with them with, 
with great speed. Okay, very good. So just give us uh, a little bit of a flavor with, uh, with respect to the, certainly the two uh, CBDs, and I'm always interested to find out uh, what's really happening on the ground. We, we've got a very uh, vocal mayor in, in uh, Johannesburg that wants to get rid of some of these uh, buildings that have been occupied illegally by landlords and tenants, clean up the CBD. Uh, is there going to be the opportunity? Are you seeing more, more inventory and more opportunities to purchase buildings uh, in the CBDs uh, that you can in turn redevelop and, and subsequently let out? Is that, a, is that something that you're seeing on the ground? It's very difficult at the moment, but I, I think one has to understand our particular product offering, which is a fairly high-end um, product um, offering. Uh, right now, what is what is really pleasing is that um, Octavit, I think there's five units out of, I think it's approximately 2,500 units in in the Janusburg CBD, so there's still a lot of a lot of demand. What is problematic, however, is is the cost of the land. Um, prices are certainly rising in the Janusburg CBD, and the cost of development. Um, it's unfortunate at the moment that um, with residential accommodation, one pays the VAT, which we can't um, recover, and these factors are putting um, the initial yield of a, of such a development. Whilst we're comfortable, we can we can fill it. Um, the initial yields at the moment on our current product seem to be a little bit shy of where we want them to be. Right. Okay. But there are opportunities and there are a lot of a lot of new players um, bringing um, different products to market, and some of them I'm pleased to report um, they're not they're not bad, but they're certainly not the same quality as us, and, and they're probably bringing it to the market. They're not losing money. Uh, and they're showing a yield, but it, it's in the nature of the beast. What product do you want to bring to the market? That was Jeffrey Wapnick, the CEO of Octodeck Investments, talking to us just a few minutes ago. All right, so investors came face to face with the Steinhoff Management and Supervisory Board on Friday. And obviously, if you'd been reading MoneyWeb, you would have seen that uh, one of the directors, Johan van Sale, who chaired the independent committee, res- resigned as a director of the group uh, just two days prior to that. Uh, the AGM was held in Amsterdam. And uh, talking to me now on the phone is Dr. Amon Kirsten. He's head of public uh, affairs at the Dutch Investors Association, VEB. Uh, he's on the phone to me from uh, the Netherlands as we speak. Uh, good to talk to you again, uh, Armand. Well, it's um, indeed my pleasure to be with you again. We had a, appears to be a marathon AGM uh, that that was held on Friday. Uh, just give us your thoughts on uh, what you were expecting and what the company delivered in terms of accounting for what has happened at Steinhoff. Let's uh, put it in very simple words. It was as uh, expected and as could be expected. In other words, it was a tight-lipped event. To a large extent, it was a non-event. We didn't get, in material terms, any further facts or details. That in and of itself was, however, as could be expected. And that, uh, Armand, is obviously because of the fact that uh, not only uh, the likes of uh, yourself, uh, which has instituted legal action already against the company, uh, but uh, the threat of more lawsuits to follow, uh, as well as uh, potential 
as well as the fact that there is an investigation, a forensic investigation underway by PwC. Um, if I've heard you correctly, you weren't expecting uh, anyone to step out of line and actually disclose more than was absolutely the, the minimum required. Totally agreed. It was, in fact, uh, a couple of times also during the meeting, at the meeting, stressed by those who were speaking, uh, for example, have a son, who, by the way, I do believe struck a conciliatory tone, and she treated the meeting in a very polite and civil manner. Um, but it was stressed that practically everything they do, one, needs to be seen by PwC. That also applies to all the accounting, all the financial statements. Anything that goes on goes through the hands of PwC. And secondly, that they are in close contact all the time with their legal counsel to see that none of the uh, statements they make could uh, only trigger a greater liability than may already be the case. Absolutely. Did you, uh, just on that note with respect to PwC, I know I understand that some of the questions were going to be around whether PwC, who have 14 different work streams uh, uh, going on the company at the moment, uh, whether those were going to be released publicly uh, and piecemeal, in other words, as and when they were completed. Did you get any undertakings from the, the, the company in that regards? They were outspoken in what they said once it is really all available, it will be uh, also disclosed to the public. However, and uh, that's the other thing, as to the timing, uh, all one could say is that that is really, really disappointing because it seems that we're going to have to keep on waiting for any concrete details to come out. And if I just uh, may mention one example, they say that there may be, there may be unaudited figures somewhere in June, but something only like the finalization of any of the annual accounts will come considerably later, and that means that we keep the view with AEB that the situation that exists now is that the investor community at large has no audited information, financial statements, to inform their investments on. Which uh, begs the question as to how these companies can still remain listed in both Frankfurt and Johannesburg. It certainly puzzles me. Uh, Armand, did the, the, did the meeting get heated? I think that is not the right expression. I can say on my own behalf that we tried our utmost uh, to, to get it to the point where concrete statements were being made, where concretely... Uh, matters such as the governance, the total lack of governance, the failures in the control systems would come to the table. But again, it, you know, in that regard, I can only say it was lukewarm. Okay. Uh, just uh, perhaps uh, a little bit more around uh, the, the uh, constitution of the board and uh, the appointment, the reappointment of Deloitte's. Uh, did any of the board uh, nominations, in fact, perhaps you can just take us through what transpired there, uh, because I see that the only uh, director uh, that I was made aware of that, that was even uh, fairly close to not getting the required support was Dr. Steve Boyson. But uh, the company nominated directors and they were all appointed uh, accordingly, as I understand it. Just give us your thoughts on what happened in, in, that, in that regard. Let me start at the very end, uh, or rather at the very end. Let me start with the auditors. We have said that we found the situation just very outspokenly bizarre. 
And the reason is that we put it to the auditors that under the under under the rules that apply to them, uh, they should really assess risks and apply procedures that are specifically directed to the detection of material or fraudulent misstatement of the financial statements. And so in our outspoken manner, we addressed this to the meeting. We said, we realize that you can't go along without an auditor, but it will almost be impossible to find one of the big four, one of the others to step in. But at the same time, what, with what has transpired with Deloitte, it beggars all belief. And as far as all the other uh, board nominations are concerned, yes, we also at some stage uh, were outspoken about the fact that we said the judge is still out on whether the sitting board members are part of the problem or are going to be part of the solution. Right. Uh, very interesting there. Uh, so, so given what's transpired, you said uh, in the beginning no no material information came to light during the course of the f- four and a half hour AGM, as I understand it. Where where does the uh, where do we go from here? What is the next thing we can expect uh, from the company, Armand? And certainly, where does this leave you and your your stakeholders in terms of the action that you've now instituted against the company? Let's start with. The last bit of your question, what is it that we're going to do with our action? We're going to pursue all the actions, but you can put it in the blue, with vigor. Uh, and I think nothing that transpired during the meeting would, would make us change our course there. What is to be expected from the company? Again, I think that nothing is to be expected because they've been very clear. Yes, um, they said that in June there will be unaudited uh, financial statements. However, and we've repeated this time and again, if you have unaudited financial statements, then the starting balance of these financial statements is not to be reconciled to anything that is audited, and, and therefore it's almost as if you're completely in the blind. Uh, yes, of course, there may be, in the meantime, all matter of disclosures by the company, but we believe that will never be on material facts because, as I said earlier, Everything that comes out needs to go through the hands of PwC. All right. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, Armand, but obviously we'll be staying t- in touch as, uh, as things develop. Yes, I would be pleased to stay in touch. Thanks. Thank you very much. That was uh, Dr. Armand Kirsten, uh, Head of Public Policy at the Dutch Investors Association, VEB. Time to take a quick look at the markets. Uh, it's a fairly flat day on the JSC at the moment. The All Share Index uh, marginally weak at 57,534 points. Uh, it's the industrials that are down one fifth of a percent. Financials having a tough day, down over one and a quarter percent. Uh, but gold mining up one and a half percent, as is resources. In terms of value traded on the bourse, behind Nuspers we have Standard Bank at the moment, BHP Billiton, MTN Group, and First Rand. So a lot of shares changing hands in the financials. And then uh, the currency uh, is taking losses. Certainly the rand against the U.S. dollar is down one over 1% uh, to 12 rand 26. Against the pound, it's lost 1% to 17 rand 12. And the euro is three quarters of a percentage more expensive at 15 rand. Gold's at $1,327. And uh, platinum and palladium 
Both uh, sustaining losses today over 1%. Platinum at $921 and Palladium at $1,021. Just to discuss uh, uh, developments on the market with me is Petri Redling, Hayes, the founder of Herenia Capital. He joins me on the telephone now from Cape Town, I presume, Petri. Good afternoon, Warren. Thanks for having me. And yes, Cape Town. (laughs) Did you keep an eye on that uh, Marathon AGM on Friday? Uh, I did actually not, no, no. Um, I, uh, you know, I tried to stick to the more liquid things, to tell you the truth. Um, so I kind of just kept uh, an eye on the market. I mean, the U.S. is coming down fairly hard. Uh, and uh, I think that our market actually did relatively well to, to trade as resiliently as it did. Okay, it's a kind of another flat day there, and after being above sixty thousand points um, one or two months ago, uh, we we seem to have settled into a fairly uh, consistent trading pattern around fifty seven, fifty eight thousand points. Uh, I imagine uh, the next uh, hurdle up uh, or next move up is going to be based on earnings growth from some of our larger companies. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm sort of expecting the market to move higher. Um, However, we've now seen that uh, basically what's, I think it's almost like the whole world woke up this morning and saw that the U.S. Treasury, uh, 10-year Treasury yields are close to 3% and uh, sort of hit emerging markets with the risk-off button, uh, which is part of the reason why I think we're seeing the currency uh, blowing out as much as it is today, which is leading to a strange day on our market, really, because we are seeing the likes of the retailers and the financials coming under a lot of pressure. You mentioned that one of the higher value uh, shares being traded today as first round. That's down over 3% at the moment. Um, and this is really just as that emerging market risk off uh, sentiment comes through. The weaker currency means weaker banks, weaker retailers. Uh, but of course, the dual listed and rand hedge stocks performing relatively well. So that's managing to keep our market uh, somewhat flat for the day, even though under the surface, the local stocks are really feeling the pressure. Okay, so just on that note, Standard Bank down three quarters of a percent uh, at the moment to 222 rand, uh, but over uh, half a year, six uh, six months, uh, still up 35 percent. So uh, really a nice run uh, in those financials. Petri, I think uh, the the next clue, as you say, is uh, is this potential. Uh, I don't know what the opposite of decoupling is. The coupling, I guess, of the uh, emerging markets to the U.S. 10-year uh, um, bond rate is that in effect what you're saying is is going to be dictating the market going forward? Yeah, I think uh, it's sort of U.S. Treasuries have kind of been the, the yields have been increasing uh, over the last couple of weeks largely unnoticed, and it feels as though the market's kind of recently just woke up to it and said, "Well, you know, with these Treasury yields where they are, that uh, means definitely you know higher interest rates in the U.S." Uh, which is the reversal of that carry trade, so people borrowing money in the U.S. and investing in emerging markets. Uh, that trade reverses because the cost of borrowing in the U.S. is, is set to go up, essentially. So they have to sell here in order to take their money back to the U.S. Um, and, you know, the, the, three-year, uh, I mean, the 3% um, yield on the 10-year treasury in the U.S. is relatively attractive for, you know, zero risk. So uh, we might see some outflows out of emerging markets. However, um, you know, I, I, I'm of the longer-term opinion that emerging markets will continue to perform well. So I'm not too worried with the short-term sort of tribulation of the market. However, you know, it does mean that we might be under pressure for the next couple of weeks. All right. Uh, Interesting development there. Uh, Always good talking, Petri, and I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. That was Petri Redlinghouse, the founder of Herenia Capital. Remember, 
This show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number eight stands for success, four is stability, and three represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. That brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday show. I'll be hosting the SAFM market update from 6 to 7 p.m. this evening. Be sure to tune into that to catch uh, some of the news over the business day. Uh, and uh, if uh, you prefer, uh, please tune into our Afrikaans speaking uh, business show on RSG uh, at 6 p.m. as well. Until the same time tomorrow, cheers for now. 